0: Scream, wah <laughs> Scream, where we fondly dissect the best and the worst of 90s teen horror.
1: I'm Kirsty Logan. This is my co-host Heather Parry. Hello. And today,
0: it's day seven of our pre-Halloween pre-season five kind of snappy <laughs> minisodes I like countdown. it. I like it. <laughs> um and. For those of you who haven't been along for the ride, you can go back and start from the beginning if you want to, but we're going through. I mean, they're
1: all standalone, so you don't They have are,
0: to. but, well, all right, I'm just giving context. <laughs> we're going through all of the 13 Tales of Horror from the Point Horror Collection 13 Tales of Horror, <laughs> except there's 14. <laughs> Thanks, Christopher Pike. <laughs> <laughs> professional i can't believe the bbc (laughs) haven't called me up yet amazing
1: (laughs) yeah do you know i did uh, pitch this at one do you know (laughs) i pitched this at one point and someone was like yeah can you just send me a script over and i was like have a listen to the podcast does it sound like we have a script
0: i got um who was it? I think it actually might have been uh, BBC Radio. Like, was like, oh, you've been recommended for this. Um, do you have any like, you know, broadcasting thing? And I was like, oh yeah, actually, I did. I did a hospital radio internship when I was a teenager. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, very brief. And then I was like, yeah, I no, have this podcast, and she'll listen to it. And she said back, I assume you can do it without swearing. About it. <laughs> Were you like assuming that's a, a fuck no? Makes an ass out of you and me. <laughs> that's brilliant. Can't
1: believe I told you that. I've done live radio a bunch of times, and literally every time, I'm terrified that I will accidentally swear. I have to say, it has never happened, even though this podcast is really sweary. Don't because, say fuck or bugger. Yeah, that's what I think every time.
0: <laughs> um, I'm not explaining that reference. Google it. Yep. So today we're doing House of Horrors. By Don't Google
1: fuck bugger. <laughs> Unless you've got your safe search on,
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're doing House of Horrors by J. B. Stamper. Do you know anything about this author, Kirsty?
1: Yes. Go on. I have a reveal. Oh my god. Also, no, it's not that exciting. I googled J. B. Stamper. It's Judith Bauer Stamper. There's not much about her online. However, she did a series of books called Tales for the Midnight Hour which I fucking love.
0: I can call that title, but I don't think i read them. I
1: love them so much that I've got the entire series of them. There's like three of them. And I've read them maybe 20 times.
0: Can we do it on the Patreon? Yeah. Oh, well, they're
1: like little tiny stories. Um, they are great and they are the perfect length. Most of them are like two to three pages. Oh, right. They really remind me of the um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, the Alvin Schwartz book, um, is an American classic. They're very like that. Like a lot of them are based off like old folk tales and urban legends and stuff. And I absolutely love them. Yeah, maybe you should do them on the Patreon. Of course you do. Great idea.
0: Your new collection is coming into such clear focus right now.
1: Everyone's like, yeah, she's influenced by Angela Carter. Her. there was a George Orwell reference as well. And I was like, um, no, actually, it's uh, Tales from the Midnight Hour' by Jimmy Stamper is my main
0: influence. You can't be a female writer who writes anything vaguely edgy without someone saying she's very influenced by Angela Carter. Oh, I was Atwood. getting that before I'd even read any Angela Carter. Because I only read the first book like two years ago.
1: Yeah, I don't write at all like uh, Margaret Atwood and I get that all the time. Anyway,
0: my favourite Angela Carter book is The Sardian Woman, where she writes about women in the Marquis de Sade. I'm not surprised. really good. Anyway, anyway. House of Horrors. Mark stared at his reflection in the mirror and for a moment was startled by what he saw. Hard, really. (laughs) (laughs) Every morning. Oh, God, I'm not old now. Uh, His face was deathly white with black shadows under his eyes and cheekbones. His dark hair was slicked back off his forehead like a shiny black cap. (laughs) Sorry, that's really funny. (laughs) And when he smiled... Yeah, um, that's a
1: great metaphor, (laughs) nice one.
0: (laughs) Remembering that he was supposed to look like this, he saw the fangs that he had capped onto his teeth just an hour ago. Mark, shape up, a voice yelled from across the room. They'll be coming in soon. So, Mark works in a house of horrors as a vampire Usher,
1: <laughs> as far as I can ascertain. <laughs> but, wow, now I'm thinking of the singer Usher as a vampire.
0: Oh, isn't he? Mm. He's not aging.
1: He appears to be ageless. Him and Will Smith, what are they on? Something.
0: he's uh, Usher me too guy? oh shit I don't, I don't think know. so I, I, if any if I haven't looked up any men in the last five years I'm like oh suspicious. Maybe they're not good now someone told me about someone the other day was it it was the excellent writer John Carson told me I can't remember about someone I'll fill you in later on that one cool that was great thanks very content. informative content mm, quality so, <laughs> Mark isn't as cool as the other guy Elliot that works there he isn't all that comfortable he isn't that, that suave as Elliot is suave are we saying that Suave Elliot. Suave. So there we go, we
1: can start a band. I'll be Vampire Usher, you can be Suave Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> like Elliot Smith, that's quite a weird band. <laughs> well, no, I always think about um, an ET.
0: Elliot. Cool, I'll be that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So he's especially not suave when Lisa, a hot blonde who also works there, comes and tells Mark there's a party after work, after hours, in fact, which <sighs> I'm like, oh, that's filthy. Um, no, it's not. After hours party. You got such a dirty mind. <laughs> She's like, mm, and like fingering him and stuff. Oh, that's some. Oh, banging. upstairs is banging on the ceiling. Oh, no.
1: They were doing the kitchen. I thought they were finished. Obviously not. Anyway, oh, no.
0: so uh, <laughs> Lisa gives Mark a lingering look with her liquid brown eyes. I imagine they're like just dripping, seeping down up. her <laughs> cheeks. <laughs> like just. Pools
1: of, also, when when people, when characters' eyes are described as liquid, I feel like saying, as opposed to what? Like the guy next to her who's got really dry eyes, like crusty, sandy eyes.
0: <laughs> I feel like that's what I've got right now, a combination of those two. <laughs> um, liquid brown eyes. That was liquid football. <laughs> so what? It reminded me of, um, I've just written a novel that's very much concerned with the decomposition of bodies. And uh, yeah, that's what happens to eyes when people die. They they like liquefy in their head. Anyway, oh, I would
1: imagine all the soft parts liquefy. Yeah.
0: Anyway, despite her being uh, in case you're eating,
1: we're not going to talk about that anymore.
0: Despite her being clearly a corpse, he is like well into her, um, and he wants to go to his party. Another staff member tells him to hide out in the house of horrors after the, the last group goes through. The boss, Hiller, goes through with a flashlight each night, so Mark will just have to hide amongst the wax people. <laughs> No, thank you. Just immediately, yeah, no. Yeah, right? No, I won't do that. No. Um, he's scared to lose his job, but he's properly joins in for Lisa, who flirts with him and, like, touches him up. Hmm. They're gonna fuck.
1: No, are not. Really he wishes.
0: It. He wishes. So the last group goes through. Mark hides, and the room is lit up as Hiller comes through. He thinks this must be Hiller starting his rounds. I don't know why. Why would you go through several times, I suppose, because if a kid gets trapped in your thing, you'll be closed down, maybe. <laughs> hmm. Um... So he's like, I'm just going to wait here until he comes through again. And then he'll, they'll be fine. He'll shut. Uh, and then there's a rat on his leg. Mm, gross. There's a what? Rat. Oh, yeah. On his leg. Oh, horrible. Also,
1: I feel like you shouldn't have rats in your whack work museum. Won't they damage whack the whack? <laughs> this is
0: some whack work. Your whack.
1: Your whack wax works. <laughs> Won't they eat the whack?
0: <laughs> rats don't eat whack. Don't
1: they? <laughs> no, maybe. I don't know what they eat food i think okay
0: <laughs> i'm just gonna eat this inedible substance
1: or not eat it but like chew it like mice and rats will chew like electrical cables
0: maybe they feast on direct current <laughs> <laughs>
1: who knows who current knows?
0: they've just they've just dyslexic and don't see the difference between those two words oh my god anyway uh and that's why that was that they, was whack <laughs> So anyway, he's hiding amongst all these creepy wax dudes, um, waiting for Hilla to come through one final time. And I think you know what's going to happen here. All of a sudden, it's 9.45, and the house is freezing. He remembers the aircon is turned up at night to harden the wax figures. I don't think that's science. I think it sounds quite sensible. (laughs) Sounds plausible, but I bet they don't really do it. it. Time goes on, and he goes looking for the others in the other rooms, but they're not there, Kirsty. Of course they're not, Mark, you tit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) why? If someone said to me, oh, you've got, you've Mark, got to wait, you call wait, kit
1: bag, what are you, you thinking? You
0: stay in here and we'll all come and find you and have a party. No, don't. Come on. You don't call me,
1: I'll call you. You
0: wait until the man comes around twice and then we'll all come and find you, yeah? Because we're going to have that really cool party and she's going to fuck you. No. Anyway, so he's trapped in the house now like a dick. Um, but worse, Kirsty, is that the figures. You love using my name on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the figures look so real. And they've got fine teeth. And Mark thinks they're looking right at him. He runs through the dungeon. Whoa. All right. And see, what kind of party is this? It is a filthy party. Maybe it is. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and he sees a woman who we saw in the library just a minute ago. Huh. Hmm. Cool. So he runs and they follow. Oh, they're not wax, are they? They're real. <laughs> <And> so... <laughs> you like the worst. <laughs>
1: Sarcastic viewer, like, oh,
0: they're not real. Oh, you dick, Mark. It's kind of a shit story. Um, and as a, oh, this this did save it for me. Remember, he's called Mark.
1: I do remember that he's called Mark.
0: Yes. Kirsty, do you remember that he's called
1: Mark? <laughs> yes, Heather, I do.
0: <laughs> and as a pair of fangs plunges into his neck, he runs into the library and screams, Lisa! And what he screams in my head, you're is, tearing, you're me, tearing apart. me apart, Lisa! <laughs> Okay, so there we go. Point of Horror
1: Multiverse. Tommy Wiseau definitely read this book. Decided to call his characters after this book.
0: Yep. Tear tearing me apart, Tommy. <laughs> um, so the next day, Lisa finds him, but he is just another wax figure. Can I read your Parry's favourite line? Go on. Mark felt as stiff as one of the wax figures. <laughs> I knew you
1: would like that. Just I knew ridiculous. It. So it was kind of shit. It was kind of a shit story, but I actually think, again, the setting is pretty creepy, like I don't like waxworks. I don't really like anything that looks like a human but isn't, like I don't like mannequins or figures or anything like that, I think they're creepy. It's the uncanny. It is the uncanny. I keep thinking that that they are going to move. Like I only like, um, you know in museums and stuff and they have like life-size figures, I only like it if it's a really shit museum and they're like really badly done because then you can see that they're not real, but if they're really well done and they look really real, I just feel like...
0: They are real, they're going to move. They don't move. even really have to look really real. I met this robot called Alex. Do Ale. you meet a robot? You do. Okay. Um, at Harriet Watt University in Edinburgh. And um, so Alex is like a teenage mutant Ninja Turtles head. <laughs> like a three sort of slot head, if that makes sense. On top of a quite wide body, on top of a Segway. So it's moving oh. back and forth all the time because the Segway has to balance itself. And I was like, there's no way that robot is going to freak me out. And then I went into the room before the researchers came in and I stood like exactly where Alex was looking at you. And it doesn't blink unless you tell it to blink because it doesn't need to, obviously. So it was just rock- staring at me. Do rocking. you to say
1: out loud or when you blink,
0: does it blink? Well, you have to program it to blink.
1: Oh.
0: Um, so it's just very slightly moving back and forth like this to stay balanced and just staring at you. And I was like, I'm just going to move away. That's
1: horrible. <laughs> yeah.
0: Very friendly robot when it was told to be. But I yeah, mean,
1: of I course. Think,
0: I didn't think it freaked me out so much because it doesn't look real at all.
1: But then like your it. lizard brain is like, something's wrong with that. Yeah. Ugh. So I'm going to give this story a two. two. Ooh, yeah. Oh, look at that. Ooh, Hello. In agreement. agreement. All right, then. No uh, yeah, need for it,
0: compromise. It
1: was not great. Although it kind of does exactly what you think it's going to do. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's neat.
1: Yeah. That's if you want just like a standard kind of chiller like, if you're doing, like, a Halloween storytelling thing, like, you could just kind of tell it around a campfire
0: <laughs> or around your
1: coffee table or whatever you're doing yeah. and it would be a pretty good creepy story, I think. I agree. Yeah.
0: What have we got tomorrow?
1: Tomorrow? Oh, my God, I'm so excited. We've got CBC, our <gasps> girl, Caroline B. Cooney with Where the Deer Are.
0: I don't believe you'll be able to keep to time on this one. I'm going to try. This is the most Kirsty Logan fucking thing I've ever read.
1: Yeah, I didn't really realise until I reread it for this book how influenced I have been by this story without even realising it. Yep. Yep. So join us tomorrow for Where the Deer Are by CBC. And you can find us on Twitter at Teenage Scream underscore and on Instagram at Teenage Scream Pod.
0: And you know the drill by now, but you can go to patreon.com slash teenage scream podcast if you want to support the podcast and keep us in books. And coffee, which is basically all we need to survive. And hosting, yeah. And hosting, yes. And and microphones for another bricks. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which happens more than you'd think. Yep. But you can also, oh, I should say, you can also now listen to the first series on YouTube. Oh, yes. So you can go there and subscribe. And I don't know, maybe one day we'll put some content there that is only YouTube related. I don't know. Imagine. I don't know. It's a whole new world for me, YouTube. Um, So we'll see you tomorrow. Yep. Bye. Bye.